following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Shanto, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my, uh, my villain co-host, the wonderful Cannonball Alex... Uh, it is draft day, ladies and gentlemen. Draft day! Nope, Tyler's out of town. He's out in our nation's capital, taking care of some business. Fully understand that. That's all right. But where he's taking care of business over there, it's been three weeks instead of two weeks. We're right on the, we're, I mean, we're hours away. We are on the precipice of the draft, and we've got to get things underway Yep, three uh, three hours from now, the commission will be standing up at that podium, and everyone will be booing the crap out of them. Absolutely, and and Alex, I you know thank you for jumping in today. We've got, um, I mean, draft stuff galore that's been going on all week long. You, your brother Andrew, myself, we we went through our mock draft big boards. We went through and and did them. We do three rounds. Uh, we got those posted on Facebook. Thank you for posting mine, by the way, as I'm currently sitting in behind the Facebook bars there. Yep. Book jail. Don't understand why, but I, I'm always in Facebook jail. It's <laughs> never ending these days. But, you know, Alex, we are going to do some mock draft stuff today. That is what this whole show is going to be about. We have been building toward the draft. We have been talking about free agency and how things have changed going into the draft. And here we are. The NFL draft is today. So round one is set to take off at eight o'clock. Right now it's approximately four fifty in the afternoon. And uh, our whole our whole job today, Alex, is we are going to run our very own simulated mock draft for the first round. I am super excited. How about you? I am stoked. I'm absolutely stoked. You know, let let's uh, let's fire up the engines on this and let's uh, get get all cylinders running. Absolutely. And this is a first, by the way. This is a first for uh, the Outside Blitz. We've never done this before. So in, in, in the four years this podcast has existed. Yeah. And, and actually, our four-year anniversary was a few days ago. Very excited about that, too. I was really proud of that. So, um, Alex, I'm going to go ahead. We're going to hit start draft here. And we're going to go ahead and make our picks. I'm going to take pick number one because uh, your team, your Detroit Lions, is at pick number two. Uh, the only the only downside to the whole thing is that the Vikings do last uh, do do land at number twelve, so I'll be snagging that Vikings pick. But you have the the full reign to take that Detroit Lions pick um, moving forward. It's going to be one pick for me, one pick for you, one pick for me, one pick for you, and we're just going to go back and forth um, until we get through this thing. So, uh, Alex, I'm going to go ahead and start draft, and we're going to get this thing underway. All right? Okay. Let's see. All right, here we go. And pick number one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know that. Um, the Jags, this has become a strange situation here, Alex. Yes. We know it has in the last couple of days. It's just gotten weird. Mm-hmm. The, the, the number one pick's been bounced around uh, like a pinball over these last few few weeks. One thing that is certain, though, is that the surefire number one, Aiden Hutchinson, started to drift off a little bit. Yep, it just is, just a little bit. It was strange. Uh, we've we've seen this pick go from Aiden well from Kayvon Thibodeau to Aiden Hutchinson to Evan Neal to Ika McQuanu back to Aiden Hutchinson 
And now, out of seemingly out of nowhere, I, Trayvon Walker, out yeah. of nowhere, just out of I mean, completely out of left field. It, it's the the most strange, random thing that has occurred. A lot of it's based on his pro day and his combine. But Trayvon Walker is now the the odds-on favorite to go number one overall. And it, it happened this past Monday night. Um, and I, I think I, really from what I understand, Trent Baalke, the general manager over there in Jacksonville, is really, really big on Trayvon Walker. I'm going Trayvon Walker here as number one overall. He's ranked 12 overall, but I'm taking him number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. They get their edge rusher, and that's where we're headed, and we are off and running. Alex, the floor is yours for the Detroit Football Lions. Well, uh, this is not going to be a mystery pick by any stretch of the imagination. Being a fan of the Michigan Wolverines, being a fan of the Detroit Lions, and seeing what what this young man has done, uh, in the Ohio State game and in the game with Iowa in the champ in the Big Ten Championship, I'm picking Aiden Hutchinson to go number two. Uh, the, the 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 concerns that I have uh, going into the draft obviously are all right. That's cool. You did the stuff with Ohio State. You did the stuff with the Big Ten Championship. What did you do the rest of the year? Why are we only hearing about this kid after Ohio State? And don't forget, this kid and his teammates were treated like playthings in the college football playoff against Georgia. Now, granted, Georgia is an SEC powerhouse and they were doomed from Jump Street, but that does call into question, is Aiden Hutchinson the real deal or is it just the Michigan media trying to pump him up a little bit? I think um, Aiden Hutchinson, as far as you and I are concerned, we've seen him play. Um, We're we're both a couple of guys from Michigan. Um, I like Aiden Hutchinson a lot. I think he's exactly the type of player that the Detroit Lions and specifically Dan Campbell, he's really going to like him. And and he's he's all heart. He's got a great motor. I, I'm fully on board with this pick. I think this is a smart play. Uh, it's a great pick. But, you know, and if, and if Aiden Hutchinson falls to the Lions, there's no doubt in my mind that that's their guy. There's no yep. doubt. So oh, I'm, for sure. I'm, I'm with you here. Uh, number three, moving on to the Houston Texans. So there's been a lot of talk about, you know, Sauce Gardner could go here. Kyle Hamilton can go here. They might go Ike McQuanu. They might go Evan Neal. I don't think any of that. Um, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau is uh, a guy from Oregon. He, we, we've talked a lot about how uh, Kayvon is, he was the consensus number one for a while there. And, and I was really big on Kayvon. And then, um, you know, the, the combine happened and his pro day happened. and Everybody has questions about his attitude, and that seems to be the big problem. I'm a believer if Kayvon Thibodeau wants to play, then he's going to play. Right. If he wants to play hard, he's going to play hard. That's kind of where I'm at. Okay. And all reports say that he has fallen in love with Lovey Smith's system. Okay. You know, that, that he has just fallen in love with, with the way that, that uh, Lovey Smith runs things. Houston has a need at damn near every position. Oh, um, yeah. It's a dumpster fire down there. Yeah, it's it's a mess. And I think Kayvon Thibodeau is, if for a defensive-minded coach like Lovey Smith, I think he makes the most sense. He's the replacement for, uh, um, you know, all the players that that have left over the years. I, I think this is a great way for them to get started. If Kayvon wants to play there, he's going to play there. I'm going Kayvon Thibodeau, number three overall to the Houston Texans. Okay, I mean, it's a solid pick. 
just just so that just for transparency, you know, in my in my big board, I, I actually have him going number nine to the Seattle Seahawks. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, if those reports of him being lazy and those you know really kind of blossom. Plus, you have to understand what other team needs are going to be filled before then. Uh, exactly. But uh, I have got uh, the New York Football Jets, and I'm consulting my big board and uh, looking at their team needs. Uh, they need a wide receiver, they need a linebacker, uh, a linebacker, and they need a cornerback. Uh, so. Uh, for, okay, so taking a look at what we have here on the board, if if the if the if the Jets need if if we're going to address team needs at wide receiver, then who's the best wide receiver on the board? That's Jameson Williams. Now, in my mock draft, they also I also found out on ESPN that they need a safety, and on my mock draft for uh, transparency purposes, I went with Kyle Hamilton. Uh. Go, sitting here and just staring at at my screen here, I am I am going to uh, make a bit of a surprise pick. Uh, my pick is going to be Jamison Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. You know, it's their top team need. You know, uh, granted they're going to need a quarterback to make that uh, you know to make that pick efficient. Efficient. You know, they had the they had the whole. Um, who, who's who's the guy? Sam Darnold was at the at the Jets to start with, and then uh, Zach Morris. Zach, the Zach, Zach Wilson was drafted with the Jets. The Zach Wilson experiment didn't work out too well. So oh, it's, yeah, it's, so it's, uh, it's it's to be fair, the jury is still out on on Zach Wilson. I mean, we're, we're it's still early in his career, but mm-hmm. I do agree that this is a, a huge team need. The only question I have about Jamison Williams is the ACL, mm-hmm. whether or okay. not be ready for the season um it's a solid pick the jets need it i think they could get a wide receiver later in this draft and that wouldn't be a bad thing jamison williams i mean and and you're spot on as far as jamison williams and the type of impact that he's going to have for a team like this and for a guy like zach wilson who needs a big time receiver this guy watching the national he before the injury before the acl he took over the national title game Mm-hmm. I mean, over the, I mean, the whole thing, it was insane. Alabama wins that game. If Jamison Williams doesn't tear his ACL right I'm, right now. So I, I get this pick. I'm, I'm fully on board with it. They do get their best team need. It's a smart play, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, I mean, that's, you know, if people say, Oh, who's the best player available? Well, the best player available, just so that I'm looking at my board, he's a cornerback, you know, and do the jets really need a corner? I mean, well, everybody could use a corner, but what's their what's their what's their staggering need? I mean, it says that they need a wide receiver, mm-hmm. so, so sometimes best available doesn't necessarily fit a team need. Right, and Elijah Moore is the the one over there that um, he he's the the receiver over there that could use the extra hands with him, you know, to have that extra uh, receiver to complement him in some way, shape, or form. This uh, uh, draft is very deep at corner. It is, um, mm-hmm. especially in the first round. Once you fall past, uh, I, I think around Kyir Elam is is around the. Once you get past him, then you're you're looking down late in the second round at Roger McCreary. So th- there's questions about it. Um, but this is a strong, smart play. I think it's a little early to be honest. If I'm if I'm the Jets, if I can get a receiver at ten, I'm taking a receiver at ten because they do have that second pick from Seattle. But 
still, again, you said yourself, huge, de- huge need for this team, and he's the number one receiver listed on the board. So uh, Jamison Williams, I think that's a smart play. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, next up, we've got the New York Giants, the G-Men, and mm-hmm. I'm over here looking at their team needs. Now, the Giants have a needed offensive line. There's no doubt about it. They just today they opted, and this is a little news for you. They just opted not to pick up Daniel Jones' fifth year option. Um, whether and it, it really depends on on how Daniel Jones plays this year at this point, uh, whether or not he's going to return to the Giants in any capacity. Uh, we could very well see him being a guy that is you know out on free agency. But they do need offensive linemen desperately. Uh, they need edge rushers. They need a linebacker. And they also need a safety in this situation. Um, I'm not taking Kyle Hamilton here. I don't think he, it's necessary, especially with all of the tackles we have on the board. A guy that I know has been crawling up draft boards very quickly. He's got a lot of momentum on his side. A lot of people thought he was going to be the number three tackle. But within the last couple of weeks, strangely enough, Ika Mekwanu, has become, and, and they call him Iki Aquanu. you can call him whatever you want, but Iki Aquanu is a guy out of NC State that has just been flying up draft boards. He went from being like a 10, 11, 12 pick to being a top five pick. He had a great combine. He had a great pro day. The guy's phenomenal. I'm going with the number five overall um, uh, player here on the board. I'm going with the offensive tackle, Iki Aquanu out of NC State to the New York football Giants. I think it's a smart play. Um, I just don't see him making it past the Giants, a team that has such a huge need at tackle. They have to get a tackle here. And then two picks later, they have a pick. So yep. they have a situation to get to fill another need in this draft. The Giants are, are doing outstanding things here in this draft. You wait and see. If if they if they make the right moves, I mean Gettleman Gettleman decided to to skedaddle. Yeah. So if they have a new general manager, if Dave Gettleman's not driving the ship, then they'll get out of the mud. At least yeah, we're I hoping. Think Joe, I think Joe Shane is a, a smart guy, and and I'm pretty excited to see him uh, uh, do what he does over there with the Giants. So I believe that this is going to be the selection. It's a smart play. I think he's a lot smarter than Gettleman. So I want to see what he's going to do. I think, well, and and really, I think both the guys on this show, frankly, are smarter than Dave Gettleman, but maybe that's just me. (laughs) Yeah, that's not, that's not too far off the board. So, uh, pick number six, uh, the Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Now uh, you and I talked about this, you know, some, you know, just the other day and that you said that the, uh, Carolina Panthers were heavily linked to Charles Cross. Yes, they who, are. Who, uh, as of this draft, he's actually the number, the third overall pick on the board. Mm-hmm. And if you take a look at their team needs, Carolina is in fact in need of an offensive tackle. Uh, they also need an off, they need an offensive lineman. They also need a quarterback because again, the Sam Darnold experiment went up in flames. Yep. So now the problem here is, is that this class has probably the driest QB market in NFL history, yeah, absolutely. Arguably, arguably, I mean, w- take any one of those names, except for uh, Ka- what's what's his name? What's that kid from Pittsburgh's name? Oh, uh, if Pick- I look, so, so okay, Kenny Pickett, he's ranked. Kenny right. Kenny Pickett, right? You, you name any quarterback not named Kenny Pickett, and see if you can find out. Tell me, like, do they do they bring anything to the table? Yes, there's scouting reports to say that there's a quarterback above him, Malik Willis, 
But really, it's like you look at these names, you're like, who? What? Huh? Probably because the star quarterbacks that are in college are going back to college next year. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, the Trevor Lawrence's of the world and the, uh, you know, and the Baker Mayfields of the world, you know, they're, which, you know, he kind of has his own slide, but we'll get to that later. So uh, instead of just, uh, instead of going for quarterback, because that's their top need, you know, I'm going to continue with this thread that we're going with. And I am picking Charles Cross from uh, Mississippi State to go to the to the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you said they were heavily linked. It wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise us. It would surprise us heavily actually if somebody different was put in that spot. Yeah, there there have been quite a few people out there that have been mocking um the idea of Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis going to uh, uh Carolina and and Willis and and Pickett are are both supposed to be really solid players there's a lot of fire under that you know i mean malik willis seems like he's got a rocket tied to his ass right now and he's just getting sent to the moon well but, kenny, yeah kenny pickett's a heisman trophy uh finalist right and and there's uh, to me i just see all these quarterbacks and they're not going to be going very high and a lot of people have been saying oh carolina could go quarterback i don't see it i think they've been linked to charles cross and i see the number of quarterbacks the guys like desmond ritter and matt corral those type of guys are, and Sam Howell, they're they're sliding to the second round. And if you can get a, a quarterback in the second round that is going to be a stud for your football team, that that you know could could change the the landscape of your team and have it really be kind of a a, a low risk, high reward situation. Oh, absolutely. By, take them in the second round. Get the value. You might not get that five years of team control, but you're still getting four years of team control, and that's still a, a good enough sample size to know what in the hell you're dealing with. There's yep. plenty, plenty, of- plenty of time for him to sit on the bench, plenty of time for him to absorb the system that's around him, and when he's ready, he's ready. Right, and these guys are sliding. I didn't even, on my big board, I didn't even have a quarterback go until pick 20 with mm. the Pittsburgh Steelers, with Malik Willis going there, and I know that, that, uh, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's in love with the guy, you know, you could just, all you had to do was see Mike Tomlin smile during his pro day to know that he's in love with the guy he's smitten with, with Malik Willis. So, I I mean, I think Charles Cross is the smart play here. The, The Panthers do have Sam Darnold coming back this year. They might just be waiting it out. They might take a quarterback in the later areas of this draft. They might come out and, and say, add a hell with quarterback. We're going to stick with Sam Darnold. And next year, we're going to go draft our quarterback of the future in 2023 with that very, very strong quarterback class. We don't know what Carolina is going to do. But, you know, we know that they're desperate for a QB, but I don't think they're desperate enough to take one at six. I, th- I like this pick, Alex. Charles Cross, they've been linked. Charles Cross has been visiting them. This is a smart play. Um, and I think it's, it's the move that, that needs to be made. Um, going into pick seven, though, we're, we're looking at the New York Giants again. Like I said, they they had the first pick, number five. They have pick number seven as well. You could see a trade down here with the Giants, but we're not doing trades in this one. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say, yes, they need a safety. They've already got a tackle. I, I think the smart <coughs> here is going to be Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame. I think this is a no-brainer. This guy has been listed, and, and according to Pro Football Focus, he's listed as the eight overall prospect. But let's be real, Kyle Hamilton and a lot of other places has been ranked a top three prospect coming out of the out of college here. Um, he fills a huge role for the Giants. 
I like Kyle Hamilton a lot. I'm taking Kyle Hamilton for the New York Giants at number eight, or I'm sorry, at number seven. So uh, yeah, you you got Kyle Hamilton coming off the board. What do you think of that, Alex? I think that's a solid pick. You know, um, I ha- I had Kyle Hamilton go number three with the Houston Texans, and you know you're right. The New York Giants do need a safety. Yep. Uh, you know, so you know, fills a team need. He's a stud player. You know, so it's 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 a smart move. He's he's a big guy, and he likes mm. to hit people like crazy. Um, I really liked the, the idea of Kyle Hamilton uh, going to the Giants. I just think it's a, it's just a smart move. Might uh, bring back some of that gritty, you know, East Jersey style football. Hopefully, that's, yeah, and that's what they need here. I, I mean, and and I, I considered guys like I mean, right now, currently as it stands, you know, I considered Derek Stingley and Ahmad Garner and stuff like that. I considered those guys, but at the same time, I just feel like Kyle Hamilton's too good of a player. Uh, uh, Stingley is coming off the Liz Frank injury. Gardner, eh, questionable. I just didn't buy it. So the safety made the absolute most sense. So that's what we're rolling with. Uh, Kyle Hamilton to the Giants makes a lot of sense um, in this situation. So, uh, yeah, and then next up we're at pick number eight. You've got yourself the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, so uh, for the Atlanta Falcons, their glaring their glaring needs are quarterback, guard, center, defensive lineman, and cornerback or and defensive also, back. Let's not forget the receiver situation over there in Atlanta. Just just so we're clear, I mean they they've got them listed here. They've got all those needs listed. Yes, Atlanta needs kind of a hope and a prayer, but we mm-hmm. also do have the Calvin Ridley suspension. We can't forget that he is currently suspended for betting on football games, and he'll be. <laughs> Here for the whole yeah. season. So, they so yeah, do- you, you kind of need to fill his role then for the first yeah. couple of weeks of the season. Uh, plus, you know, Matt Ryan, you know, how much, how much tank, how much gas does he have left in the tank? You well, know, he's put, he's pushing. Get, Matt Ryan did get traded to the Colts earlier this year. Uh, okay. So he's no, he's not even there anymore. Yeah, they have so, Mariota at quarterback right now. Um, mm. I think as their bridge. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of like put. It's like kind of putting a bandaid on a stab wound. Uh, yep. But we'll see. Uh, now I'm 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 consulting my big board, and uh, it looks like, for all intents and purposes, if you're just saying that their biggest team need is wide receiver because Calvin Ridley is out, uh, for transparency purposes on my on my draft board, I picked Evan Neal to go to the Atlanta Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it would be a smart move here because I mean they're in need of an offensive lineman. Uh, th- having said that, uh, g- back to your point, you know, they're going to, they're going to need a stud wide receiver and, you know, a, a light bulb just went off in the back of my head and then I've got just the guy, you know, you, this might be a bit of a surprise, but, uh, my pick is Garrett Wilson wide receiver out of Ohio state. Uh, dr- granted Drake London is ranked above him from USC, but something about something about that, this Garrett Wilson guy, he's been an absolute stud with the Buckeyes. You know, he's given many a Michigan fan a headache, you know, in, in not just the game, but you know, any, any, his entire college career. And I think that, you know, with a, with a can of lightning, like Garrett Wilson, you know, the Atlanta Falcons can really get back in the driver's seat. Yeah, I'm with you. Garrett Wilson has been mocked to uh, Atlanta so many times throughout the course of this offseason. It's been a lot. I think Garrett Wilson, me personally, I think he's the best receiver to come out of this draft. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people out there that really do believe that Drake London is better. Uh, a lot of folks like Jamison Williams better. 
A lot of folks do like uh, uh, Drake London better. I, I mean, and, and Chris Olave. Some, some people even say Chris Olave is better. Personally speaking, I think Garrett Wilson is the best receiver out of this draft, and it's without question. I don't think people are, are really considering um, just how good this, this young man is, and he gets, he's been consistently drafted the highest receiver. I mean, I, I don't think I've seen – it's rare that I've seen Jamison Williams or anybody else either A, go higher than him, or B, go to the Atlanta Falcons before him. I think he fits the mold. He's he's the the perfect prototype receiver for the Atlanta Falcons, and they're going to need to get some weapons over there when they start drafting new quarterbacks. We don't know if they're going to go after one this year. We don't know if they're going to go after one next year in the 2023. We don't know what's going to happen there. They right. could stick around with Mariota this year and say, yeah, to hell with that. We're going in 23 and getting our quarterback in a very strong quarterback class. Mariota did show, and we got to remember, Marcus Mariota is a former starting quarterback in this league. He's capable. It's not like Mariota is just some bum off the street here. I know we don't think highly of Marcus Mariota all the time, but he is a good quarterback. So Marcus Mariota throwing the ball to Garrett Wilson, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that at all. And that Garrett Wilson fills that role, that's that, that big, giant, massive, gaping hole that's left by Calvin Ridley and his dumb decisions. I, you know, I'm, I think Garrett Wilson, you're absolutely 100% spot on here. I think this is the smart play, and, and they get their guy. They fill a team need, and they get Mariota a weapon over there, at least for this season. And then whoever the quarterback is for the future gets their big-time receiver as well. Uh, next up, we're looking at the Seattle Seahawks at number nine. There are so many team needs for the Seahawks. Now, they do have a need at the cornerback position, um, and and it, it's fine. They They need a corner. There's a lot of people out there right now with the Seattle Seahawks screaming, they need a QB, get me a QB. And then right. I'm also looking at the board right now, and I'm seeing Derek Stingley and Ahmad Gardner on the board. Sauce Gardner is a great player, but I'm not going with Sauce here. The biggest team need for the Seattle Seahawks, whether anybody wants to admit it or not, or, or deal with it or not, is offensive tackle. I know it's not a sexy pick. I know. And and everybody does, seems to be thinking, oh God, it's it's not a big time receiver, it's not a big time corner. They need a tackle, they just need one. And if they're gonna go quarterback in this draft, which I think they will later on in the draft, they need to have protection for that quarterback. Yep. That's just what it is. That QB needs the protection. I'm going with Evan Neal out of Alabama. The tackle, it makes total sense. This is a sensible move for the Seahawks. They they get their guy. I, I I think Evan Neal is the arguably, and, and it can be argued, I know it's kind of between Charles Cross, Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal as to who's the best tackle in this draft. I really don't care. Aquanu's off the board. Cross is off the board. You need an offensive tackle. I see Evan Neal, and I say he's the guy that's going to go to the Seahawks. Personally, I think Evan Neal is the best tackle in this draft, and I think the Seahawks get a steal in this situation. Absolutely. But, but at the end of the day, the Seattle Seahawks, I mean, I understand they, they need sexier picks for people and, you know, you want them to move the needle for folks. To hell with that. Protect your quarterback. You win games in the trenches. Evan Neal is the guy. Yep. I, I think that does speak to, you know, the, the culture of a football team. It's like, what culture do you want to, what culture is going to get you to a Super Bowl? You know, exactly. placating the fans or protecting your quarterback? 
Exactly. And, and, here's, and here's the thing. You can placate your fans by winning a Super Bowl by protecting your quarterback. Yeah, that's it. So. Exactly. I mean, so, sometimes. It's not rocket science, people. Yeah, sometimes these folks this astound me with this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, well, you know, do you think do you think because Elon Musk bought Twitter that pe- people are going to be smarter now? Uh, maybe I hope. <laughs> One could hope. You know, yeah, fingers, I mean, fingers crossed on that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of Twitter giants out there that are that really just go crazy for this draft stuff. And and, and trust me, I've had my my uh, pissing matches with folks on there over over the draft and and the silly things that go on, but. You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, and and Seahawk fans, I know there there's going to be a riot when this pick comes out. When when they go anywhere but QB, you know that that these people are clamoring for it. But at the end of the day, beginning of the first round, the Seahawks have a very early pick in the second round. It's a no brainer. I mean, got- if if the quarterback class had better talent, you yeah. have you have a point. But but this but this quarterback class is subpar. Right, uh, and that's putting it lightly. Exactly. So, exactly. so it's like you know, there's no, there's no razzle dazzle at QB. You know, there's better offensive guards and tackles than quarterbacks. You know, um, so moving right along, uh, we're going to move up to the New York Football Jets. Uh, they get their second pick of the first round, and we've already established that they have. We've chosen Jameson Williams, a wide receiver. We've already addressed the glaring need there. You know, they're going to need a linebacker and a defensive back. And right here at the top of the board, we've got Derek Stingley. We've got Ahmad Gardner. And we have Trent McDuffie. Mm-hmm. So, out of those three guys, which one do you pick? Well, uh, do you go best player? I, You know, in this situation, perhaps you do. Because, you know, I'm looking at I'm looking at the board. He's, he's, num- he's the top player on the board. And you're on tenth pick, and you need a and you need a defensive back. My pick is Derek Stingley Jr. Wow, yep. you know it's an interesting thing that you're doing with the Derek Stingley pick. Um, it, it's I think it's a little risky. Um, some folks do believe that Derek Stingley Jr. is the man still. Um, back when he he had that uh, outstanding freshman year, I mean, just earth shattering. He was the best best corner in in all of college football. Um, in the last two years, he hasn't done much. He had the Liz Frank injury last year, so he is coming off of a pretty serious injury. But he's it looked like at his pro day like he was ready to go. He's been flying up draft boards a little bit. People people had him down kind of toward, you know, 12, 13, 14. And he's been kind of making his way up draft boards, kind of squeaking into the top 10 every now and then. And this is another one of those situations. A pro football focus had him listed as the number two prospect. They They are simply just in love with the guy. Um, to me, I think the pick would have been Sauce Gardner. I like Sauce a, a whole lot, and um, I was I was going back and forth with him too, to be honest with you. Yeah, and and I, I like Gardner a lot. Most most people have actually, and and it's surprising. It, it's interesting that Ahmad Gardner has fallen this far. Um, in actuality, I don't know that Gardner falls this far. I don't know that he falls out of the top ten, but I really like him a lot. Um, most people have had him going in the top four. Uh, he's, he's just a good player. Stingley's yeah. a good, solid player for the Jets. It makes sense. Um, he, they get a good corner out of it. They fill a team need. And with how he looked at his pro day, it doesn't surprise me that you would take him at 10 here. And, and with the way pro football focus is just loving on him. I chose, uh, 
Let's see. I, I had Ahmad Gardner going number four in my mock draft. Mm-hmm. So you have so you're, you're to your point. You know, to have Gardner go top four, you know, is is definitely, uh, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, it's feasible. It's most definitely feasible. Um, I, I think uh, the the Derek Stingley pick in at number ten though, it's still a really good pick for the Jets. We don't know what Gardner's going to do. Um, a, a lot of people believe that that he's just going to be a stud. He, I mean, he never allowed a touchdown, um, and, and he allowed 14 targets on uh, or 14 yards on four targets against uh, Alabama. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a stud. There's there are questions about Stingley, but I think a lot of people have have kind of reconciled with that whole situation and just said, you know what, I don't have any questions, mm-hmm. and and I think people have dealt with that. So. Um, Stingley at 10 doesn't surprise me. Uh, it, it does surprise me that Ahmad Gardner has slid down the board here a little bit, but that's why right here, right now with the number 11 pick, I am going to head and I'm going to say Washington. And you know what, actually, you know what, I'm going to throw this one in your direction because I am picking for the Vikings at 12. So I will, uh, take the Vikings. Um, if uh, I'll take the Viking, well, I'll tell you what, Tyler will get mad at me if I take the Baltimore pick. So I'll go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to say Ahmad Gardner here for the uh, the Washington football team. Um, this one is just a no brainer at that point. If he's on the board, grab him. Yeah, he's he's going. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. I think this makes total sense. And then we go to the Minnesota Vikings, which mm-hmm. uh, everybody knows is my my team. Everybody knows that these are my guys. Look, the Minnesota Vikings. They need a corner. I know there's a lot of people out there that are clamoring for, for an edge and we need offensive line help. And yeah, they do need interior offensive line help. Well, let's not beat around the bush there. They need it. But when you're looking at what the Minnesota Vikings did this offseason, they went and picked up Chris Reed. They stuck him at guard. Chris Reed was all right with the, uh, um, with the uh, Indianapolis Colts. This is just a no-brainer to me. I see Trent McDuffie on the, do- on the board. I see a guy that only allowed in the last two seasons in in 2020 he only allowed a 50.1 or 52.1 uh, uh, passer rating to opposing quarterbacks, and then the following year he allowed a 52 passer rating. I mean that's that's ex- extremely difficult to do, and it's an outstanding level of play. And he's only allowed one touchdown in two seasons. This is a no-brainer to me. I don't care about how tall he is, how long he is. I don't care about the questions about his size. I care about Trent McDuffie being productive, and I think he's going to be the most productive corner for this Minnesota Vikings football team. This is without question the pick. Trent McDuffie at 12 is going to the Minnesota Vikings. Now, let me just preface that by saying McDuffie could come down, or um, the Vikings could come down. They could trade yeah. down in this draft. It's it, it's very feasible at 12. They could do that because they are looking for multiple strong players, and that's okay. Yeah, they they did it last year, did they not? Yep, they did last year. They moved down 12 picks, I think. I mean, it was it was a, a pretty hefty move uh, moving down from the teens to the 20s. So yeah. we're right around this neighborhood at, at this time last year. Actually, I think they were picked 13 last year, and they moved down to, I think, 24, I think it was. So – they did move down last year. They got a couple of thirds for it, and that's fine. But and they could move down here. It might make sense. But if they if they stay at twelve, I think Trent McDuffie's the pick. And personally, I think he's probably, in my opinion, 
I think he's probably the best corner in this draft, in my in my honest opinion. But maybe that's just me. A lot of people aren't in love with him. A lot of people love Derek Stingley, and they're oh, I want Derek Stingley, or oh, we should trade up for Sauce Gardner. To hell with that. I'm not mortgaging our future for a corner. I want Trent McDuffie because he's just as good of a, as as any of them. Give me McDuffie at twelve. And uh, that's what I'll do here is we'll just kind of swap. I'm going to go ahead and give you the Houston pick if you want. Yep, um, that's perf- yep, perfectly fine. Yep. Now, it's funny because I'm looking at my uh, screen here, and it says Houston needs every position. Yep. So as, as even, even even PFF knows that they're a practical dumpster fire. Yep. So they already picked up Kayvon. Yep, so you know, from their third pick, from their third pick. So they're they're do, they're they're in really good shape with that defensive end. But what else they need, you know, according to you know, if if we want to get into specifics uh, with Houston, they need an offensive tackle and an offensive guard, a safety and a running back. Now, I did. I'm actually going to repeat what I did in my mock draft, not just for you know you know to kind of raise eyebrows, but also. Kind of like, kind of like, eh, 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 like if any team's going to screw up the draft, it's the Houston Texans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am going to draft a running back. Oh wow! A, I'm drafting a running back, and uh, in my mock draft, and here today, uh, the running back that I'm going to draft, if I can find him, uh, why don't I just find out? Um, <laughs> just filter it out so I can find, so I can find the poor guy. Uh, there he is. Kenneth Walker the third. Wow. Yep. He's 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 number fifty six overall on the board. You know, uh, you know, I do they? I think they have like uh, didn't didn't they pick up like Rex? It was like Rex Rex, Rex Burkhead, right? They had Rex Burkhead, and then they had you know a couple of other guys. So <laughs> I just. I'm just I'm playing around with the idea that maybe somebody you know they might go nuts and just you know draft a running back, yeah. which I mean it it is a team need. Don't get me wrong, but you know looking at this board and looking at this talent, you know they could possibly, you know they could have they could have probably done with an offensive tackle or defensive end, you know like a a Devonte Wyatt, you know or a you know a Nicobe Dean. You know, and one thing I'll point out about Houston is, is, you know, we talked about how just Vikings right now, that is a trade down scenario. I think the Houston Texans are right in that same realm where they could be trading out of that pick. Um, mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker. It, so from a technical standpoint, it's a reach because a lot of times when it comes to the running backs, the, the running back position, for whatever reason, is starting to fall down into that second round area. Yep, same I, as the quarterbacks. Yep. But, but there are teams out there. That are um, and and it's every year though you know the the running backs I mean unless you get a, a a guy like when Ezekiel Elliott came out or when Saquon Barkley came out you don't see those guys go real 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 high like top three top four unless it's someone that's just enigmatic like that but Kenneth Walker I I agree with you I think he's the best running back out of this draft I think there's there's no doubt about it they needed a a running back the Houston Texans did um, they might have been able to get him in the second round they probably could have. But if they want their guy, they're just going to go after him. And also, to your point, going down the list here of, of available players, they've already got an edge rusher. So, and, and the top player right now is, is George Karlaftis. They, they already got an edge rusher. Bernard Raymond's on the board, but he's, you know, they'd still even be reaching on him. Um, they could have maybe taken Tyler Linderbaum there. That might have been a pick. But 
at the end of the day, Kenneth Walker makes sense for this team, and Lovey Smith is a power run kind of guy. It, it makes sense. Expect if Houston is picking here, expect them to trade down. Uh, you know, I, I kind of see that coming. They're going to be, and they got this pick for, ironically from the Cleveland Browns, who who have fucked up my draft board every single year. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like it's been insane. They they always screw up my my draft board in some way. But uh, yeah, I expect the Texans. I I kind of expect them to to, to move down here. Um, for pick fourteen, though, you know, I, I this is where Tyler would usually be picking. Um, well, I, I'll point out here first of all. This team needs a weird amount of things that a lot of people don't realize they need. Um, Pro Football Focus has their draft needs listed as a defensive lineman or a uh, corner, and that's okay. They do need those things. But I look at, like, for example, the next available corner is Andrew Booth, and he's all the way down at 23. Um, You know, so, I mean, are they really going to – the Ravens are historically – very, very good drafters. They they really do, and they look for value in, in certain places. One thing they needed, though, they do need, look, George, uh, um, Calais Campbell just signed a one-year deal. He's on a short-term deal. They don't know what the future is going to be at the defensive end situation. They need an edge rusher over there. I see Karloftis sitting here, and, and a lot of people are saying, oh, Karloftis, he's going to fall. I don't think so. I think Karloftis is going to be going to the Baltimore Ravens here that's going to be the pick, George Karloftis out of Purdue. And and I think he's going to be the the guy that kind of shores up that edge position for now and the future. I don't think the Ravens want to waste any time. I do think Karloftis is a special player, and I think that's going to be the play here at pick 14. George Karloftis out of Purdue going to Baltimore. Makes sense to me. Yep. You know, he, me obviously he's the best player on the board, you know, and, and you, as you said, they need an edge, they need an edge rusher. You know, you know, not since the days of um, okay. Well, Ray Lewis was a was a linebacker. Yeah, you know, edge rusher is the guy is the is the outside defensive defensive lineman. Not not really since I mean they they've had for example they had Terrell Suggs for a while who mm-hmm. was, was a little bit of a sack artist. I mean they, they've had a lot of uh, a really strong edge rushers over their history and and I mean Class Campbell's really really good. But when I have a guy like that who is aging and on a on a one year deal, and then you got your other defensive end that is coming off of a knee injury that that we, or I think it's an ankle injury that we don't know how he's recovering right now, and he might not be ready for camp, and he's progressing slowly recovering. I need an edge rusher, and I need to make a move on one. And at the same time, I also need defensive linemen in general. And I Karloftis kind of fits the the mold there. It just it's a sensible play. A lot of people don't, you know, like, won't like this move. And I personally, I think, you know, I chat, actually, we talked with Tyler a little bit earlier today about this move, about this pick, and he was like seemingly okay with it because Tyler is a sensible human being, whether or not I like to admit it on the air, you know, (laughs) sprinkle rock salt on all the places that hell just froze over. But (laughs) at the same time, Karloftis makes sense. And I think Tyler even admitted, he said, yeah, that's a pretty sensible pick. So here we are, uh, Karloftis going to um, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And at number 15, we've got the Philadelphia Eagles. They got this pick from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Alex, you are up. Okay. So looking at their team needs, uh, both on my draft board and on the PFF board, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles need, first and foremost, a wide receiver. Yep. They need a, a defensive back, 
an, an inside linebacker, a center, and a safety. So on my mock draft, I picked Jamison Williams. So he went all the way down to 15. So it was kind of weird. That 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 was a kind of a weird pick. But taking a look at the board now, uh, you know, they need a linebacker. And uh, low, doth my eyes deceive me, uh, there's a player staring me right in the face that's ranked 15 overall. So number 15 for the Philadelphia Eagles, I am going with Devin Lloyd from Utah. Yep, and he's been mocked to them quite a bit. Um, he's he's the top linebacker out of this draft class um, by most most outlets, most major metrics. They they say he's the top guy uh, at the linebacker position. This is a smart play. I think it's a, a really really good move. Um, they get their their guy there. I had him falling a little bit because the I, there was such a need for the uh, the Eagles here. There was such a need at, at receiver. They do have Devontae Smith over there. They are going to need a compliment, but they do have another pick coming up at 18. So I can see why you went linebacker here. It fills that that role really nicely. Um, mm-hmm. So that that could be a smart play. Uh, 16 goes to a team that's the bane of my existence. Yeah. Uh, I hate the New Orleans Saints. Uh, they get this pick from the Indianapolis Colts, which is wonderful for them. Um, the Saints have some needs here. It's always been my pleasure to watch them kind of implode over the course of the last few years, and and uh, especially last year, watching them miss the playoffs. It was it was just an ecstatic thing for me. I, I felt wonderful about it. But at the end of the day, tell they, us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, the Saints do have one receiver on their team that is worth anything, and that's Michael Thomas. And he is arguably one of the best, one of the best, if not the best receiver in all of football. He's a great possession receiver, though. That's mm-hmm. the key thing there. I want to point out. That's the key thing. He is a possession receiver. He is not going to be a, a much of a deep ball threat as far as I'm concerned. But I know a guy who is a deep deep ball threat, and that's why I'm not going to go ahead and take Drake London, who is technically the top wide receiver on the board. I'm going all the way down to rank 21, the number 21 overall wide receiver. I'm going with Chris Olave out of Ohio State. This is a sensible move. Smart. He's a deep ball guy. He ran a hell of a 40 time. I think it was a 4-2-6 the combine. Yes. Yeah. Some, something just outlandish. He's fast. He has great hands. He's a good route runner. He he scares the hell out of corners. He scares mm-hmm. the hell out of defensive backs. And he's going to be drawing coverage constantly for the Saints. I'm going with Chris Olave here. I know it's a bit of a reach at pick 16, but if they want their guy, they're going to have to go get him. And I think this is the pick right here. Right. That's very, you know, it's a very smart move. I mean, you know, Olave and Garrett were a great one two punch at Ohio State. Absolutely. So to, to have, you know, a guy with that name value and, and the and the university pedigree behind him, you know, it makes sense why you would go with Olave, you know, and it is a team need for the Saints. And, you know, Mike, as you said, yeah, Michael Thomas is a good possession receiver. So that's good for that dink and dunk stuff. But eventually, but occasionally you're going to want to toss the deep ball, you yep. know, whether whether or not uh, um Jameis Winston or uh, who's the other guy that's there uh, can can live up to that. Right. Um, I, I think I think is it is it is it. Um, uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking so hard. He used to play for the Vikings. He went to the Broncos. Uh, Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, yeah, yes. I don't think Teddy's there anymore. I think he's in Miami. 
Okay, yeah, I, I was wondering where he was, but I know that uh, one of the quarterbacks at, at New Orleans was uh, Jameis Winston, who who had the dubious honor of uh, do, of, of p- posting a thirty for thirty, uh, thirty touchdowns, thirty interceptions. Right. Uh, but, but but you know, so yeah. So th- do they have the right quarterback for that? Perhaps, but having Olave as a weapon, absolute must. Yep, and with Sean Payton leaving the team. Um, I know that they're they're going. I, I believe their defensive coordinator was the guy that took over the role there as the head coach. I forget his name. His name escapes me at the moment. Um, there hasn't been a lot of notoriety about it, but at the end of the day, they need a receiver. They need something, mm-hmm. something more. And I don't believe that they're going to, you know, go after a quarterback in this draft unless that it's it's uh, you know apparent that that guy is going to be a stud. And right now, I don't see any guy in this draft that is going to wind up being a stud, especially not this high in the draft. I especially not in the you know mid to late first round. I got the I got questions about it. I really do. Um, so there's that Chris Olave going to the Saints. Uh, Alex, you've got the Chargers at number seventeen here. Okay. So with the Los Angeles Chargers, one of their only picks uh, in the draft, uh, I believe. I believe they're picking in the. Th- sec- I think they have pick in the third round. I didn't see him in the second. No, so they already have plenty of weapons. They already have a stud quarterback in. Um, oh my God! Why am I blinking so hard on his name? Uh, he was he was a top quarterback in my fantasy team. Uh, Justin Herbert. Yes, they have a stud quarterback in Justin Herbert. You know, and they they always, and they have one of the Bosa twins. I think it was either it's I believe it's Nick Bosa. No, it's Joey Bosa, yep. the older one. Yeah. So they have they have plenty of weapons, but they still have needs. And one of their top needs is a wide receiver. Uh, they also need an offensive tackle and a tight end. So if they're in need of a tight end, um, it's kind of odd. You know, I, I, the tight end class is also very dry in this draft. Yeah. I've noticed. It's, so it's, you probably don't want a tight end uh, this early in the game, especially when you have talent like Drake London staring you in the face, or Nicobe Dean, linebacker. You got a couple of you got a Bernard Ryman, a tackle. You've got Tyler Lindebaum as a center, uh, Devontae White as a defensive end. So I see the I see those two letters W R. Well, if uh, if the New Orleans Saints passed up on Drake London, well, come on down. Drake London will be drafted to the Los Angeles Chargers from South Car- from the University of South Carolina. Yeah, the um the the Chargers have an interesting. It's it's mind boggling to me that they have a need at offensive tackle when they picked up such a great offensive tackle in last year's draft and Rashawn Slater, who actually turned out to be the best offensive tackle in the entire draft last season. So. Mm-hmm. Not the best offensive lineman in the draft because, I mean, obviously that goes to uh, Creed Humphrey. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Rashawn Slater turned out to be the best offensive tackle in that class. He was in, I believe, the top three for for our uh, show or top four. He was a, a top player for our, our rookie of the year for Tyler and I. So mm. it's fascinating to me that they have a need there. The wide mm-hmm. receiver position is a great spot for them to go, especially with Drake London on the board, it almost becomes sort of a best available situation because they do need a third receiver over there. It is one of their top needs. Keenan Allen is starting to age out a little bit. You got, you know, uh, um, Michael Thomas or not Michael Thomas. Um, I forget his name. Shoot. But you, you get the, you have the other receiver who's, who's just got paid this wampin deal that, that why it was just, it, 
high situation. But at the end of the day, I think uh, Drake London is a good selection here. He's a, a nice big body receiver, and, and I really like him a lot. Um, moving into the Philadelphia Eagles pick, you've got the linebacker and defensive back needs there for the Eagles. You went with the linebacker, obviously. They do need a receiver, though, and the receiver market is starting to dry up a little bit. They do need a receiver. They could go and get one in the second round, or they can do what they're going to do right now. I'm going with Sky Moore out of Western Michigan here for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're going to get their wide receiver to complement um, old Devontae Smith there. Sky Moore out of Western Michigan going to the Eagles here at uh, pick number 18 is uh, the route we're going to go. Now, they could go with a defensive back here, but you know the closest one would be Andrew Booth. I like Andrew Booth. I don't know that Andrew Booth is going to be the guy. They are an offensive-based team right now. That's kind of how it is. I understand they have Darius Slay over there as their number one corner, and they're going to need some help. But at the end of the day, I think this is just going to be an offensive situation. They at least need to address that receiver position. We know that Jalen Rager was a complete bust a few years ago. Sky Moore is the guy. I think that's where we're headed with the Eagles. Alex, what say you? I think that's a pretty solid pick. I mean, you know, based again, based on team need, you know, and, and, and you know, he had, you know, his, you know, his, his stats speak for themselves, you know, so it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see where this guy goes. Yep. And he, he had a, a ton of broken tackles last year. That was a big thing for him. Um, he's been kind of moving up draft boards. He had a really great combine, a really great pro day. He's looked really, really good. Um, you know, he, he actually, uh, uh, broke the FBS, uh, uh, or he, he helped, he led the FBS in broken tackles last year, 26 tackles. I mean, he, he, he broke tackles. So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting thing. He had 10 catches for 123 yards and a score to upset Pittsburgh, which includes Kenny Pickett over there, um, uh, which is kind of a surprise situation, but yeah, Sky Moore is the guy we're going with over in Philly. Um, so Alex, we've got the new Orleans saints at 19 hit me. All right. So, uh, we have already established that they've drafted their wide receiver, their star wide receiver in crystal Lave, And now, uh, they're in need of a quarterback and a tackle. And they already have technically a quarterback with Jameis Winston. You know, I, I think they can stick with him for about a year, maybe two, who knows? Uh, but you know, as you said, the quarterback class next year is supposed to be really good. So maybe they, maybe they wait, maybe they trade for one. So I am going to address the need at tackle. And what do I see? Uh, the best tackle available in the draft is Bernard Raymond at a, at number 18. You know, you also have Tyler Smith at Tulsa. And if you go down a little bit further, you got Trevor Penning down uh, from Northern Iowa, but it, all things considered, I mean, you you really you really can't go wrong with drafting Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan. That is my pick. Yeah, I'm with you here. I I think that's the smart move. They they get their offensive tackle. They they lost their offensive tackle um, in this off season. He go he goes to free agency. They need to fill that need. And there we go. You get Bernard Raymond sitting there. Um, it, it's it, it makes for the basically the perfect selection. And this is right around where Raymond should be going in this draft. Um, on this draft board. So yeah, I'm with you here. This is 110% the pick. Um, if you, if that's who's available, if that's what you're looking at, you take Bernard Raymond here. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, next up, we got the Pittsburgh Steelers at 20. Now, look, there is the there. Yes, there's a need to tackle here, but it, their need is a quarterback. Yep. And, and, and I think the I think the reason's pretty obvious. Yeah, uh, and he goes and retires, and he was falling apart at the end of the, his career there, and we all saw that. Look, all I needed to see was Mike Tomlin smiling with that big, goofy, I love you smile. And it's all I needed to see was him smiling at Malik Willis as he dropped a dime at that pro day. I think that Mike Tomlin knows it. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers brass knows it. They know Malik Willis is the guy that Mike Tomlin wants. Mike Tomlin is going to get his guy. I'm going Malik Willis. He's going to be the first QB off the board here to the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a no-brainer to me. Now, look, I know that Malik Willis, he's been flying up draft boards. There's a lot of people, myself included, that think Kenny Pickett's going to be the guy. I think Kenny Pickett is going to be better than Malik Willis. I said years ago, when when Robert Griffin III got drafted, I said I thought Kirk Cousins was going to be better than Robert Griffin III. And it turned out that Kirk Cousins was, in fact, better than Robert Griffin III. We said that that uh, Andrew Luck was going to be better than Robert Griffin III. Andrew Luck wound up being better than Robert Griffin III. I, I mean, there there are so many – there are times when you can see players – that especially at the quarterback position that you know are going to be great players and that are going to just be phenomenal and are going to be steals in this draft. I, I see Malik Willis as a guy that took on iffy competition, but what I think Pittsburgh sees is a guy that is very mobile and he's got a good arm. And I think that he's going to be able to help them compensate for the fact that their offensive line is starting to fall apart. So mm-hmm. I really do believe that Malik Willis, because of his mobility and his ability to throw on the run, Mike Tomlin's in love with the guy. Hopefully he doesn't take too many hits and get hurt. And I, I question the, the level of, of uh, competition he had at Liberty. He did have a couple of games where, and, and believe it or not, I, I mean, he threw five picks in a couple of games. So did he look real good at his combine? Hell yeah, he did. Did he look real good at his pro day? Hell yeah, he did. I still have questions about Malik Willis. The jury's out, but we're going to find out if this guy is the real deal. And I think he's going to the right place with Mike Tomlin there. I, I got a, I got an interesting question for you. It's a solid pick. Don't get me wrong. Yep. But if the situation did not does not happen with Dwayne Haskins, may rest in peace. If that situation doesn't happen and Dwayne Haskins is still sticking around, what you know? Get you know, I've given the, the fact with Malik Willis a pro day. Would you still would he still be picked in this situation? I do think Malik Willis still gets picked in this situation. I don't think anybody is sold on the quarterback room over there in with the Steelers. Um, I do believe that Mitch Trubisky right now is going to wind up being a a bridge quarterback. Yeah. But I think you're going to see a Mitch Trubisky situation that was very similar to a Tyrod Taylor situation. Every time Tyrod Taylor was in a game, whether it was in Cleveland or whether or not it was in with the Chargers. You saw people cheering for Justin Herbert, and you saw people cheering for Baker Mayfield, and this is going to be no different. You are going to see people calling for Malik Willis to start taking snaps under center. I don't think there's a question there. I think Malik Willis is going to wind up on that bench for maybe four to five games and and maybe even seven max before Mitch Mm -hmm. Trubisky winds up sitting his ass on the bench and Malik Willis starts taking snaps from under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
I'm 100% agree with you with, the, with, with Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky is mid at best. Yep. And Dwayne Haskins wasn't that good either. You know, he, uh, you know, may, you know, may rest in peace again, but I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't the best quarterback to come out of Ohio state. You know, a lot of people were saying he was a draft bust. Yep. And, and people, I mean, he, like, and and like you said, it's sad. I I feel bad, but we also here on this podcast, owe our listeners to be realists. And and it's sad uh, the way he passed. I feel bad for his family. I feel bad for him. But at the same time, was Dwayne Haskins a great quarterback in this league? Not really. Um, and I, I don't think that if, if Dwayne Haskins was still with us, that he would wind up being the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Malik Willis was the pick, um, and he's been the pick for a month and a half, two months now. I think he, everybody knew, I think Tomlin knew that's my guy. And that was the guy they're going to get. Malik Willis is going to be the starting quarterback before this year is out. I believe for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Absolutely. So moving on to pick number 21, the New England football Patriots uh, are on the clock. And uh, I'm addressing their team needs here on the PFF site. Wide receiver, edge rusher, linebacker, and cornerback, uh, defensive back. So if we take a look at the of, of what we have on the board, I'll also compare it to what I have on my mock draft. On my mock draft, I got I picked up Trent McDuffie. Obviously, you got obviously the Vikings scooped him up in this draft beforehand, so you know they're still in need of, of a defensive back. Andrew Booth Jr. is still staring me right in the face. Um, you know we still have Tyler Lindebaum; he's the best player available, but is that really a need? Uh, so then you got to move on down. Okay, Devontae Wyatt is a defensive, you know, defensive player, a DI, uh, lineman. a defensive lineman, yep. and then you have Nicobe Dean, who is your linebacker. So, you know, as much, as much as somebody would need, you know, that, that is what I'm going to end up doing. I'm staring at this pick and, you know, they have plenty of talent. Georgia has plenty of talent. I, I, I would bet a safe amount of money that Georgia probably has the most draft picks out of this draft, uh, because the talent is just insane. I am going with Nicobe Dean linebacker to join the squad on the new England Patriots. Absolutely. This is a great pick. Uh, Nicobe Dean's just faster than hell. I mean, that's, Mm. that's the, the book on him right there. He is faster than hell. I mean, just watching the way, I mean, his straight line speed is good. His agility is good. His his change of directions. Good. His pursuit is good. I mean, this guy is just a really good linebacker. I think he's going to wind up being more of a blitzing linebacker than anything. And, and, you know, for an, a, a team need for like the Patriots have, I mean, he fits that role really, really nicely. And I'm totally not mad if I'm Bill, Billy Belly sitting at home going, hey, that's my guy. I love this move. N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia, makes total sense for the New England Patriots. I'm with you here, Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we do have the Green Bay Packers sitting on the board here. Now, look, they have they've got a need at wide receiver. They got to need an offensive line. Now, look, I know there's wide receivers on the board, but let's we got to be real with ourselves. Talking about George Pickens, who is the wide receiver, um, you know, he is the next highest receiver on this draft board. I don't buy that. I think George Pickens is is a situation where we have a guy who is injured. Um, he he's coming off of an injury. I mean, and and it was an ACL tear last spring, and. I don't know. And is he going to be ready? Sure. But I don't know that he's going to be the same guy that he was. 
So I have questions about that. I'm not going to reach on George Pickens. I know Aaron Rodgers wants a weapon. One thing I will say is, yes, they have Josh Myers on this team. I understand that. At center, they've got Josh Myers, who, okay, he was all right. But his PFF grades were not very high. He had, like I believe, a 57 PFF grade. I think I know where you're going with this. I see Tyler Linderbaum sitting here on the board. You're at pick 22, and Tyler Linderbaum, the consensus 16 overall guy and arguably the best center in this draft, is sitting on the board. I'm taking Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa. Um, In my my mock draft, I had him going with actually Green Bay's second pick. But because the wide receiver market is a little dried up right now and we need to let it get a little more saturated and later in this round, I'm going with Linderbaum at 22 uh, to to Green Bay. And I think they get their uh, nice offensive line and they might just kick Myers out to guard if they go and pick Linderbaum here. And do you think think that move would bolster uh, the defense uh, of of Aaron Rodgers or do you think – or, or do you think it, it'll just be like a, a lateral move? I think this is a, this definitely boosts that offensive line, especially Linderbaum. The guy is so technically sound. He lacks a little bit in the size department, and that's always seen. Everybody likes those big fat guys up front. I get it, and and that's what what we always look for. But at the end of the day, if you if you look at Tyler Linderbaum, the technique is there, the hand movement is there. He is really really good in pass protection sets, and I think this is a, just a smart play. Um, making sure that Aaron Rodgers can remain upright. I believe Tyler Linderbaum's the guy, and if if he falls to the Green Bay Packers at 22 or maybe even 28, he could fall that far. Center is not a huge need in this draft. Linderbaum, the 16th overall uh, uh, prospect, dropping to Green Bay at 22? Not, not, a, not a bad pick. So uh, with pick number 23, the Arizona Cardinals are on the clock and they have plenty of team needs. Uh, they are in need of a guard, a center, a, a DI and a, a defensive lineman and a cornerback, a, a defensive back. Yep. So if I go to take a look at my mock draft, I had, <laughs> I had a little bit of fun with this. I picked David Ojabo out of Michigan, you know, because they, they were in need of an outside linebacker. Right. You know, uh, an edge rusher and, you know, to, and let's be fair, you know, you know, he is, you know, a decent, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him up on the level of an Aiden Hutchinson, but Ojabo, uh, is, you know, not that I would pick him here, but he's definitely a top player. I I would see Ojabo like in the second round, yeah, like, right. a, like a top second round pick. Ojabo was climbing draft boards before that that torn Achilles, and and um, I think if he's healthy, he's the pick here. But right. I, I'm with you. You're you're. I believe you're on the right path because to be honest with you, Christian Jones just left this Arizona Cardinals team, and he was their sack leader off the edge. You know that that was his guy. Uh, that was their guy for a while there, and and since then he's gone. He's with the Raiders now. So. I mean, you're. I think you're on the right track with that as far as going with the defensive end, to be honest. I, I mean, seeing Christian Jones walk out the door, it's either they address it or they're screwed. So going with that then, um, I'm looking at, we're looking at a defensive lineman. You know, we've got Devontae Wyatt, we've got Jordan Davis, and at, and at defensive back, we've got Andrew Booth. So I am going to take, you know, I'm just going to go with best available at this point, you know, pick 23 going with number 17. I am going to be picking Devontae Wyatt to go to the Arizona Cardinals. 
Yeah. Beef in there. Yeah, getting some getting some beef on that line. Yep. Yeah, he uh he likes to pressure the quarterback. So while they they can't get um well they don't get a defensive end here to to jump in, they still get a nasty rusher, and that's kind of a good thing. I think Devontae Wyatt's a good selection here for them. It makes sense. It's a smart play. So I I really do like this move. And um, the, these defensive interior guys, that that's kind of what they're looking for. Um, so Devontae Wyatt, smart play out of Georgia. You know, like you were saying, Georgia seems to have like a million freaking players coming out in this draft. <laughs> I mean, we just saw, I mean, in the last two picks, you got Georgia, Iowa, the last three picks, Georgia, Iowa, Georgia. And then I look at the right now, our top guy on, on the board is Jordan Davis out of Georgia. I mean, so it's yeah. like a lot of a lot of Georgia uh, beef coming out there. Um, yeah. and, and right now we're sitting with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Cowboys are kind of an interesting one. They've they've got um, offensive line needs. They have defensive line needs. They have linebacker needs. They have all kinds of needs. Now they are they are the best team to choke in the first round of the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah I, I I was blown away by that. Um, <laughs> Jordan Davis makes sense for them with the uh, defensive line stuff. He might be the pick, but I, I'm just bouncing around down the line, you know, you don't really see anybody that stands out. I mean, they, they do need a linebacker, but line, the next available linebacker that would be worth anything would be Leo Chanel, who's set to go in the second round. They, they need to get some beef up front. I'm going with the big man. The, I mean, and he's six foot three, 341 pounds, the big man, Jordan Davis out of Georgia. And look, this guy's a space eater. He is a run stuffer. He is mm-hmm. scary powerful. The man stands there <laughs> like a rock of Gibraltar. You can't move him. Jordan Davis is the pick here out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Dallas yep. makes makes sense to me. I mean, I, just his profile pick alone. I mean, you could see his girth right yeah. there. So yeah, just imagine how just imagine that triple cheeseburger uh, eating fella is going to be on the field. Uh, so moving moving right along, uh, nobody circles the wagons like our twenty fifth pick, the Buffalo Bills, or as I like to call them, the bull, the Bills of Buffalo. Um, so in in my mock draft, uh, first of all, they need a wide receiver and defensive interior, and, and just just because of where we're on this show and and we've been bitching about it for two years now, they need a goddamn running back. Can somebody get this team a fucking running back at some point? I'm so tired of Devin Singletary. Oh uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. They need a running back too. Let's just—I don't understand why. Like, and I get it. We're on we're on Pro Football Focus, and maybe they look at things differently. But their team needs, like, I look at their team needs. I'm like, they need a a, a wide receiver, an interior defensive lineman. That's fine. But they need. Um, you know, a running back, a, a solid running back, you know, yeah. they have, they have Devin Singletary and then they have Zach Moss. Yeah. You know, whoop de doo I mean, he's, he's good. He's good at scoring touchdowns from the one yard line, Yeah, which that's not a bad thing to have, that's but about you it. know, you know, there's, there's not like a Saquon. there's nobody like a Saquon Barkley. Uh, yeah. there's not nobody like a, a Najee Harris yeah. or, uh, or nobody like, you know, an Adrian Peterson back in his day. You know, you kind of really need, you know, somebody to, to lower the boom and, and get in there. Um, so let's play around with that idea. Okay, Buffalo needs a running back. So I pull, I'm pulling up my running backs, and my top three running backs are Brees Hall, Damian Pierce, and James Cook. Guess where James Cook is from? 
Georgia. Yeah. You know, so, <laughs> so you know, would it would it be surprising to have uh, a running back from Georgia? I wonder how many rushing touchdowns that he's had throughout the season last year. But I got to tell you, uh, I'm looking at this kid, Brees Hall. Right? You know, he's you know he's five eleven. He's two seventeen. You know, you know he has ten plus broken tackles in three straight games, and he has the most broken tackles over the last three seasons in the FBS. So, all right, we want let's play around with this idea. Buffalo needs a running back. Let's go get a running back. I am picking Brees Hall from Iowa State. I think that's a solid pick, and and Brees Hall, I do think Brees Hall is a, has been overhyped. Um, I'm with you that I think Kenneth Walker is the best running back out of this draft. I yep. thought same. I thought the same thing when, you know, a few years ago we were talking about uh, DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, I thought Jonathan. Oh, Taylor, Jonathan. Jonathan Taylor's a beast. He's a bowling ball. Right, and a lot of people made a big, a big, a lot of hype about you know, um, about Brees Hall this off season. I think if Brees Hall is here whether it's Hall or Walker, or maybe even both. I think if Walker's here, they're going Walker. I think if only Hall's here, they're going with Hall. My thing is with Buffalo right now, they need a running back. And a lot of my issue with Brees Hall comes with the level of competition. Because Brees Hall, when he was out there in Iowa State, he plays for Iowa State. And if you look at the, the teams he took on and how he played versus those teams, there'd be a game where he was taking on a group of nobodies and he would put up 200 yards and everybody would act like he was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. But mm. then he would go on and take on a team like Notre Dame and he'd put up 50 yards and everybody would go, huh, I wonder what happened there. Maybe new, maybe uh, Notre Dame's just that good. Or maybe Brees Hall's been taken out a bunch of peewee squads and we yeah. don't know what he actually is. Everybody believes that Brees Hall can be the guy. We're going to find out if he's the guy. If he shows up in Buffalo and does what everybody believes that he's going to wind up doing, good for him. I am a believer in Kenneth Walker. I've been mm-hmm. a Kenneth Walker. Brees Hall, if he's here, I think he's the pick to Buffalo if he's the if he's the one that's available. Of the top two, though, if it's Kenneth Walker, Buff, so help me, Buffalo better take Kenneth Walker because <laughs> that is going to be their next Thurman Thomas. But um, mm-hmm. moving forward here, we're looking at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, right now, they've got a few needs. They they need wide receiver. They need a guard. They need a center. They need an edge rusher. So they have a few things that they need. I know Zion Johnson's available, um, but look, A.J. Brown can't do it all himself. Robert Woods was definitely a great addition, and that's fine. But I don't believe, and I don't care how he's rated, I don't believe that Traylon Burks is getting out of the first round. I just don't. And And he had such a good pro day. He played so well. Everybody's been talking about Traylon Burks. Now, Pro Football Focus has him at at 46 on their board. I disagree. I think Traylon Burks is going in the first round. I I just don't think that George Pickens is going to go above him with the ACL tear. There's too many questions there. You got a guy coming off an ACL tear, you got to have questions. Unless they're a recovery freak like Jamison Williams seems to be because he's saying he's going to be ready for camp. I just don't buy it. I'm going Traylon Burks here. The momentum is on his side. Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas, going to the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans here at pick 26. And that'll fill that need. And and that'll really set them three deep, if you think about it. I mean, you're going to be talking about A.J. Brown. You're going to be talking about Robert Woods. And you're going to be talking about Traylon Burks. 
Mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's a pretty solid pick. You know, uh, I had Traylon Burks going number eighteen with the Philadelphia Eagles in my mock. Yep. So you know, it, it's it, it makes sense to take him here. Um, so we're going to move on to pick number twenty-seven, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, time for a little bit of a comedy hour. Uh, I I had basically Tampa Bay doing a brain fart on my mock, and they picked up Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> who was at a pre-draft rank of 176. Yeah, you know, so it's like you know they needed a tight end. Well, Gronk is Gronk is hanging around for a year. Brady's hanging around for a year. So the Gronk and Brady show is going to be on. The, the Gronk and Brady show will be around one more year. One more year until uh, or until either one of them gets hurt or they win a bowl. So what do we need? We need a guard, a center, and a, def- and a defensive interior. Um, it, also, if I take a look at what ESPN listed, they need a, a defensive tackle and a defensive end. Uh, also says they need a running back for some reason, even though Leonard Fournette's still hanging around. Although, that's the key. He's still hanging around. Right, exactly. So... Um, let's just go, let's just stick with the PFF and look at look who's staring me in the face. Uh, the, okay. We have Zion Johnson Ooh, He's I right lo- there. I love him. Yeah. So, he, so, so, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's six foot three, he's 312 pounds and he earned an 87.6 overall grade in pinch start at le- a left tackle versus Virginia tech. And he only had one pressure on 46 pass blocking snaps Versus a vaunted Clemson defensive line. Clemson, just so you're aware, is a former powerhouse that won, uh, you know, almost back-to-back national championships. I believe. Uh, I know. I know that when Trevor Lawrence was there, they were untouchable. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I can't say if Zion Johnson uh, was there during the Trevor Lawrence era. Um, he certainly made him look like chumps. He was there at the post-Trevor Lawrence era. But sticking with that logic and sticking with uh, the team need, I am going with that guard. Zion Johnson, come on down. You are the next person in line to protect Tom Brady from all those nasty defensive linemen. Exactly. He's a big boy. He's got a lot of size to him, and and he's violent. I mean, just I actually watched some tape on him just because they said, oh, he's violent. I'm going to see what the hell this violence is all about. This guy was like throwing people. Like it, it was, it was, it was like watching was, at the club. You was know? it, was, was it, was it like, was it akin to watching Reggie white back in the day? Oh my God. Like it was, it was just one of those things. Like these, these defenders would run on him and they bounce off of him. It was insanity. I, I, I just, I think he's a really solid player. Um, a lot of people have, he's been kind of moving up dry, draft boards a little bit too. A lot of people originally had him going second round and then he kind of eked his way into the first. And now he's been getting kind of closer to the mid to early twenties. I, I actually had him go all the way at, at uh, the Chargers, believe it or not. I, the Chargers needed a, a guard, and I had them taking the guard because the, the Drake London wasn't available to, to the Chargers at that point. But Zion Johnson's a great selection for the Bucs. I think that's a really smart play for him. Um, and, and the Bucs get, get a guy in, on the interior that's going to protect Tom Brady, a big, nasty guy on top of it. So that's a smart move. Strength in the frickin' lower half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, uh, in, in pick 28, this is where things get a little hairy for the Packers, yep. okay? Because Traylon Burks did come off the board going to the Titans. Now, I, in my mock draft, I actually had the Titans taking um, an outside lineman, um, and, and that's that's all well and good. But looking at the Green Bay Packers' needs, 
just switching gears for a second, going over to the wide receiver spot, Pickens is available, and then there's a an abnormally large drop-off. If you look, George Pickens is ranked 28 overall, but then yeah. we get Jalen Tolbert, Jahan Dotson, John Mechie. These guys are mid-day two picks. So George Pickens, at this stage of the game, becomes the pick for the Packers. You can't go anywhere else. You can't mm-hmm. do anything else. The only way the Packers make this work is if they trade down. And and so George Pickens is going to come off the board to the Packers here out of Georgia. We're going to see how that ACL tear holds up. We're going to see how he recovered. But mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to hope that he's going to be that number one receiver unless he plans on Alan Lazard being a stud. But Alan Lazard, I think, is questionable at best. So, uh, Alex, we're here with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have back-to-back picks here, 29 and 30. Uh, you get the first one. I'll get the second one. We'll see what these guys come up with. I see. So this will be. This is a little. This is fun. This is a little interesting. So with my mock uh, with Kansas City, uh, I had to pick up Kyer Elam, cornerback, and Devin Lloyd, inside linebacker. Right. Uh, so Devin Lloyd obviously got taken a long time ago. Yes. And uh, Elam, surprisingly enough, is still on the board as a cornerback. Guess who else is still on the board? Andrew Booth Jr. Yes. And he's the best available quarterback in the draft. And, you know, KRLM is, you know, ranked 29. But if you take a look at Andrew Booth, you know, six foot, 194 pounds, you know, some of the best feet in the draft class, according to PFF. Uh, But he got exposed a tad too often for our liking. Gave up 29 catches from 46 targets for 312 years in his first full year as a starter. So there are questions there. Here's never here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's one thing I want to point out about Andrew Booth, though, is where he was playing because he was playing in Clemson and he was playing against some of the best receivers in all of football. Yeah. I mean, really, at the end of the day, I mean, he was playing against, I mean, just some studs. Um, yep. And and I I I like Andrew Booth a lot. Whether or not he'll, you know, we we some people question whether or not he's he's got it. To me, I, I think he's going to be a solid pick for whoever gets him. And really, at this stage, he might be the spot. And you actually, uh, and I think Kyir Elam is is more likely, because I, I don't see Booth falling this far, but Kyir Elam is likely to go to the Chiefs as well. Kyir Elam was a stud out in Florida. So yep. I, I almost feel like they can't go wrong with whichever corner they pick at this stage. Right. So let's just go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play around with best available. We're going to go ahead and go with Andrew Booth. But you're right. You know, Booth might actually get picked up a lot earlier in this draft. You know, yeah. and Kyrie Elam, he's out of Florida. He's with the SEC. And, you know, the SEC has some of the most elite players in college football as well. So it's not like he's playing against a bunch of slouches as well. Exactly. So, you know, so, so that with that logic, I agree that you can't go wrong with either pick, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, but, you know, but regardless of which one they go with, you know, with that first pick, they'll – you'll eliminate a major team need. And then we turn over to pick number 30. Yep. And with, with pick number 30, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. They, they need defensive linemen in general over there. Um, there, there are some, some questions as far as where the uh, chiefs are going to go and they're going to wind up having to get, and, and it's unfortunate this late in the draft. And this is why I believe the chiefs with that 29 and 30 pick there, they could package that pick and send it up to somebody else in this draft. That that could be a thing, um, just to go up and get a receiver and to make sure that they can get a receiver. But looking at the receiver board now, 
it's looking a little iffy. So they're going to have to go elsewhere. And they're at this draft, in this specific mock, they're going to wind up having to go to the bargain bin down the line and go ahead and get a different <laughs> receiver. So looking at their team needs, they need a corner. They need a defensive lineman. They need a wide receiver. We took care of the corner situation. Uh, Travis Jones is on the board, but I, I have questions about him as well. The one guy that consistently is standing out is Jermaine Johnson II, uh, the edge rusher out of Florida State. Um, they need an edge rusher over there. It's something that they do need to address. Uh, I really like this move. I'm going with Jermaine Johnson II out of Florida State to Kansas City. So they get an offensive lineman, a uh, 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 hand-in-the-dirt kind of defensive end. This is a smart play for them, and they get their guy. Absolutely. So uh, with the Detroit Lions having the pick, a 32nd pick in the draft, how do you want to handle this? Do you want to take the Bengals pick and I take the Lions pick, or do we just do we just truck along? Sure, I'll, I'll jump in on the the Bengals pick, and I'll I'll just have you uh, go ahead and take the uh, the lie downs pick there. Um, so the 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 issue for the Bengals right now, and is I mean it's been offensive line, but the nice thing for the Bengals is the fact that the Bengals really have a lot of cap space, and they they were showing it off all off season. I mean, just showing off all the the cap space that they have. Um, they have needs at on that offensive line, guard, center. They they made a couple of moves. They got Alex Kappa over there. So they, they were making some moves. I still think that there is something of a need there uh, as far as the offensive line goes. I see Tyler Smith sta- sitting on the board. Um, but they also have, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, it doesn't – some people don't believe that they have a need at corner because Eli Apple is back on a one-year deal. He re-signed in the offseason. But the fact of the matter remains that Eli Apple was not that good last year. Let's just let's just face, face that fact. Eli Apple got smoked in the Super Bowl. He got mm. absolutely torched by Cooper Cup. Uh, I, and, and he was getting torched by Odell Beckham before that. I just don't believe that, that Eli Apple is going to be the guy. I think he's just kind of a guy that's a placeholder while they go ahead and get their corner of the future. I'm going with Kair Elam here out of Florida. I think he's going to the Bengals. It just makes sense. And because they've got guys that are on short-term deals that weren't that good, Kair Elam is the guy. And uh, we're at pick 32, Alex, the final pick of the first round in our mock draft. Your Detroit Lions are yep. on- who would have thought that by getting that monumental dra- monumental deal with Jared Goff and two first-rounders, uh, that they would have picked up not only the second pick in the draft by being the second worst team in the NFL, but also getting the 32nd pick because the pick that they traded them from won the Super Bowl. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it, we are living in magical times. Yep. Uh, so, uh, we do know that we have Jared Goff, you know, uh, everybody's, everybody's bagging on him and, you know, he's a lot better than people are saying he is, especially while, while playing under John camp, uh, not John, uh, Dan Campbell Campbell. (laughs) playing under Dan Campbell and uh, you know, with this team fighting behind him, you know, I think Kevin, you know, uh, Jared Goff, you know, sticks around for a little bit. Now in my mock draft, I actually drafted Malik Willis to Detroit because by the time I got there, I hadn't drafted a quarterback in the entire first round. Um, So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to that root and there's three quarterbacks that I've got my eye on right now Sam Howell Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett 
Now, uh, the, I, I think you might know where I'm going with this. Yep. So, uh, I, you know, we're not going with best available. Now, let's let's take a look. You know, Sam Howell may have had might have had a, a, an amazing game against Clemson, but this was a Trevor Lawrence less Clemson. And and you let's know. also point out Sam Howell. He was great when when he had his uh, star players there. He's coming off of a really rough season. Sam Howell, I like Sam Howell a lot. Um, he was con- listed to be like the consensus number one overall pick last year before he decided to go back to school, and then all of his his buddies left and went to the draft, and he floundered without mm-hmm. them. You know, so I have questions about Sam Howell, um, and and really from from Sam Howell down to Carson Strong. There are questions about every one of them. Desmond Ritter has accuracy issues. There's questions there. Uh, Matt Corral, he's a mobile guy, but there there are some questions about Matt Corral and his accuracy. And you know he he's got a hell of an arm, and and that's that's great. But his his play did slip this last year, whether people want to admit it or not. Um, he had uh, ten turnovers this last season. I mean, right. it's questionable. You got Carson Strong. The big question about Carson Strong is the knee. He's got this mm-hmm. nagging knee injury that's been going on for a while. And then you got Kenny Pickett. Where the the big question, and it's kind of a silly thing, but you know the small hands, but the man wears gloves. You know? <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so you know what? Judge not the size of a man's hands, but the size of a man's heart. My pick for number thirty-two for the Detroit Football Lions is one Kenny Pickett. He's yeah. he is he is a you know he is a you know Heisman Trophy finalist. You know he is. You know, you know, he's a stud player, you know, you know, he's not like a stud stud player, but you know, for, for a team like Detroit, where in a couple of years, Jared Goff might be going elsewhere. He might get traded. He only has two years left on his deal. So that's plenty of time for a quarterback to sit on the bench, you know, get in, you know, have an, have inspiration with, for the team with Dan Campbell. Hopefully that all works out or the Fords might, you know, turn it into a dumpster fire. You know, we've seen it a hundred times. But, you know, w- with the situation that Detroit is in, you know, Kenny Pickett could really, it, it, it is a bit of a roll of the dice, but I think it'll come up seven and, and, we'll, and uh, the, we'll, we'll get a winner out of it. Yeah, I, I think Kenny Pickett, I, I don't think he escapes the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of people have him going higher than this. I do think he topples down to about 32. And really for the Lions, it winds up being a steal. Um, for a long time, Kenny Pickett, before the pro days and stuff, he was listed above Malik Willis. And in a lot of metrics, he is still listed above Malik Willis. According to a lot of sites that are and, and websites and, and uh, journalists out there, they believe that Kenny Pickett is the consensus number one quarterback out of this draft. And, and frankly, I don't blame him because he does have that four years of starting experience. He does have the talent to be a star in this league. Whether or not it's with the Detroit Lions, we'll see. We'll see if he's going to be the Lions QB of the future if he does get drafted at 32. But I, I think this, and I had this exact pick going in my mock as well. I had Kenny Pickett going 32 to the Lions um, because he has fallen. There's the, the interest hasn't been as high as it was. So there are questions there. Uh, so to recap, that's the end of our first round and, and, and our mock draft here. But uh, to recap how, how are we, we mock this thing out, Alex, let's take a look. Um, we had Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of Georgia, going number one overall to the Jags. Aiden Hutchinson, the edge rusher out of Michigan, going to the Lions. 
Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge rusher out of Oregon, going to the Houston Texans. That's the uh, the run on edge rushers there. Uh, number four, a surprise pick, Jamison Williams, wide receiver out of Alabama, going to the New York Jets. Uh, to the Giants, we had Ike McQuanu, the tackle out of North Carolina State. Going to the Panthers, we had Charles Cross, the tackle out of Mississippi State at six. At number seven for the Giants, we had Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. Number eight to the Falcons, we had Garrett Wilson, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Number nine, the tackle out of Alabama, Evan Neal, going to the Seattle Seahawks at nine. Number 10 to the New York Jets, Derek Stingley Jr., another surprise there. Uh, he goes over there to the Jets. Number 11 to the Washington Commanders, a name I hate. We're going yep. to, yeah, they're going to go ahead and pick a mod sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, uh, the corner. They're going to go ahead and take him at 11. At 12 for the Minnesota Vikings, you get Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Washington. Number 13, a surprise. The Houston Texans go ahead and snatch up their running back, Kenneth Walker, out of Michigan State. He winds up going to Houston at 13. At 14, you're going to get George Karloftis, the edge rusher out of Purdue. 15, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker out of Utah, of the Philadelphia Eagles. 16, you got the New Orleans Saints taking Chris Olave, the wide receiver of Ohio State, a pick I still really like. Um, number 17, another pick I like. Drake London falls a little bit. He goes to the L.A. Chargers at 17, uh, the wide receiver out of USC. Uh, number 18, Sky Moore, the wide receiver out of Western Michigan, goes to the Eagles. Number 19, the New Orleans Saints. Bernard Raymond, the offensive tackle out of Central Michigan, winds up going to the Saints. Number 20, we got Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Number 21 for the New England Patriots, we've got N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker out of Georgia. Number 22 to the Green Bay Packers, Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa. Number 23, Devontae Wyatt, the defensive lineman, the uh, defensive tackle out of Georgia. He winds up going to the Arizona Cardinals at 23. Number 24 for the Dallas Cowboys, the big man, Jordan Davis, the defensive tackle out of Georgia. He's going to wind up going to Dallas. Number 25, this one is a, a move that was necessary, needed to happen. The Buffalo Bills take Brees Hall, the running back out of Iowa State. Good pick there, Alex. Number 26, uh, the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks goes to them, the wide receiver out of Arkansas. Says it's a reach, but I don't think he's getting out of the first round. Number 27, Zion Johnson, the big nasty guard out of Boston College. Goes to the Tampa Bay Bucks at 27, 28 to the Green Bay Packers. George Pickens, the wide receiver out of Georgia. Number 29, we got back-to-back -back picks here for the Kansas City Chiefs at 29 and 30. They get Andrew Booth Jr., the corner out of Clemson, and Jermaine Johnson II, the edge rusher out of Florida State. 31, you get the Cincinnati Bengals getting Kair Elam, and 32, you get the Detroit Lions getting Kenny Pickett, their QB of the future. And Alex, that is our uh, big board here for the mock draft. I'm so excited. We got this mock, and, and the draft is uh, uh, T minus, what is it? An hour. Uh, 90 minutes. T minus 90 minutes, my friend. So we're, we're looking at, at the draft right around the corner. Um, so, Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out to uh, It's Your Time Massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Uh, she is currently. Uh, unfortunately, she's one of our sponsors, but she had to suspend operations for a couple of months here as uh, we have. Uh, and, and for those of you who who know, if you if you listen to the other podcast, I didn't think you could hear us. Uh, she is, in fact, my wife. 
So she she gets the free advertising. But at the same time, um, we're having twins. You know, I know a lot of folks listening to the other pod, the folks listening on this pod, twins on the way. And Tyler also has a kid on the way, too. So we've got, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. But um, so she suspended operations for the time being, but she will be firing back up back in uh, this upcoming September. For those of you who are looking for massages, who are looking to get uh, um, you know booked in in advance for the later you know the, the later part of the summer? Feel free to give her a call, contact her. It's your time massage.com, or you can check her out at it's your time massage LLC on Facebook. You can get yourself an appointment, get yourself situated, and she'll be happy to take care of you. She's a wonderful massage therapist. Alex, you got to get a massage, man. Yeah. Uh, also, a uh, big shout out. To our boys at Face Kicked Apparel, Sean Stockmeyer and his wonderful wife uh, taking care of business over there. You pick it, they stick it over at facekickedapparel.com with all of their hats, t-shirts, hoodies, uh, you name it, man. They can make it everything custom. Alex, I think you're a customer over there, aren't you? Yep, I am I am in the process of making an order over there right now, and I have uh, quite a few of, uh, of their custom shirts. So, you know, Face Kicked Apparel is definitely... Uh, your one-stop shop for anything, uh, you know, t-shirt, you know, a lot of, a lot of the wrestlers in the area go to him for their needs, but he's, he can do t-shirts for pretty much any occasion. You, you just give him a logo, you give him, you give him a layout and he'll put it up for you. And, you know, you'll have a, a, a genuinely, uh, um, affordable and lovely product, uh, that you can wear around for the rest of your life. Absolutely. And, and, uh, I know you go to him. I know, uh, over uh, my co-host over on, I didn't think you could hear us dirty, birdie Chagnon. He goes to him, uh, for his shirt. So definitely check it out. Facekickedapparel.com. And also Mr. Condor's gaming corner here. I, I got to talk about that. Hey, Condor's gaming corner. You've got your, your, uh, uh, live streams that go up all the time. So I, I get excited. Yep. I watch them while I'm, while I'm, uh, working. So uh, I get to yep, check you. You can catch the, the package, Andrew Steele and myself every Tuesday night. Um, I think we moved to about 9 p.m. or 830 because he gets out of work a little later. But every Tuesday night, you know, tune into our voice acting sessions. You know, that's that's what we mainly do on the weekdays, you know, and you may even see me on, on the old war zone every once in a while. Absolutely. And also we want to, I want to give a quick shout out and, and, uh, tell you everybody that lists all you listeners out there. If you're into that, that whole streaming thing also, please go check out, um, big Willie dubs gaming over there on Facebook. He is awesome. We got a, he's got a great stream over there for all of the, uh, the fun gaming stuff going on. And he, he actually dives into some pretty fun, uh, pretty fun stuff as well. So big Willie dubs, check him out over there on Facebook and, and check out some of the games that he's got going on. But folks, it's draft day, and uh, I've got I'm decked to the nine with my Minnesota Vikings apparel. I've got a brand new hat that I literally just washed. It's in the dryer. I'm gonna throw that bad boy on, and uh, I'm all fired up. I got my Vikings pants on. I've got my Vikings jersey on. I got my Vikings hat on, and believe it or not, Alex Steele, I am currently wearing Minnesota Vikings shoes. <laughs> I you not- are decked. You are decked to the nines. Did they get signed by? Uh, uh- did they get signed by uh, Chris Carter as well? That would have that would have been the cherry on top. I, I do have my Chris Carter helmet, but yeah. these are my Minnesota Vikings shoes that I'm currently wearing for those. The is, those are some sick kicks, bro. Oh yeah, buddy. So I'm going to be wearing these this weekend when we when we uh, are up there. Um, I'm going to wind up seeing you tomorrow up in uh, TC, baby. We're going to be heading up uh, up north and we're watching day two and day three of the draft. We're going to be smoking out some ribs, all that good stuff. Traverse City, baby. That's where that's where it's at. 
That's Absolutely. I cannot wait. So, uh, fo- Alex, I will wind up seeing you tomorrow. Thank you so much for filling in for uh, Tyler. He's, You know, Tyler's a busy man. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, every now and then I got to have somebody fill in, but that's all right. And um, we will see you tomorrow. And, folks, thank you so much for listening. Hopefully we can get this thing posted before 8 o'clock. If not, well, you might be getting a little bit after the draft. That's okay. We will get it situated. Thank you so much for listening. And we will see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz. And be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz. And feel free to email us questions at the outside blitz at gmail.com.